Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedia, coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. I sounded a, I sounded a little like an afterthought. For this the, is Andy and... For the living, uh, fearless devotional. Hedia? Because <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, and my schnuggums, but I finally oh, stopped myself. Okay. Um, we just came back from a wonderful dinner. Dinner? Yeah, and a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Made some new friends? Made some new friends, had new connections. Can you believe... The the, 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 the the connection that we had to each other. Not surprising. You know a lot of people <laughs> in this town. Three degrees of separation. Yes, we this couple sat down next to us, uh, two couples that were on a double date. And um, you were going to the restroom. You were complimenting the women on wearing dresses to dinner. Yes, being which, dressed up and looking beautiful. Which we don't see very often. And then it struck up a conversation between me and one of the guys. And we had friends. We had friends. Yeah, friends in common. So funny. So that was neat. Uh, oh, you know, I should have said, do you know Jesus? Yeah, that's always an afterthought. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to our home church? <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. Oh, speaking of, I need to correct it. Our home church is September 25th. Yes. You're Belinda, California. If you're in the area, please message Andy or I if you'd like to join us. The other night I said 27th. And uh, what about this right up here? What's, what's all that? That is resurrectministry.com. And we have all of our content posted there. And we just found out we have an amazing Google SEO rating, which I was very proud of. Mm -hmm. So it's got uh, my Christian Post articles, the Fearless Man podcast, and uh, pastors that you could follow if you haven't met them or seen them before. Uh, and uh, we, we have a comment section. We've gotten a lot of cool comments recently. Thank you for all of those who send us a message. We love it. We love to hear from you. And if you're interested in partnering with us, uh, you can click the donate button and it would be a blessing for awesome. us. Um, you have a great story that I want to make sure and get to. So don't let me forget to ask My you My yoga shop? Yes. Did it, I didn't tell that last time we were on? Nope. You sure? I'm positive it hadn't happened yet. Oh, okay. Yes. So we will get to that story. All right. Let's get rid of this. And we're going to go to our devotional, which is uh, Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. And it's September 15th. And the reference is a That's portion cool of scripture. Psalm 112, 6 through 7. Oh, that's interesting. It's right? just, oh, yeah, because it's got three dots. So it's just a portion of these two, um, uh, what's it called? Not versions. Verses? Verses. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's late. It's 924. Let's get on it. All right. Uh, Psalm 112, 6 and 7. A righteous man. We'll have no fear of bad news. I love that. That's to really live as Christ, to die as gain. Living fearless devotional. Yes. Charles says in this devotional, Dear Christian, you should never dread the arrival of bad news. And if you are someone who becomes distressed by it, consider what you have that others do not. Others do not have your God to run to and have never proved his faithfulness as you have done. Is it any wonder then that they cower in fear. You, however, profess to have a different spirit, mm. for you have been given new birth into a living hope. Your heart lives in heaven, and you should not be swayed by earthly things. If the world sees you as distressed as you, oh, sorry, as distressed as they are after receiving bad news, what is the value of the grace you profess to so have true. received and where to and where is the worthiness of the new nature you claim to possess. Yes. To reiterate, if you are filled with as much alarm as others, you would no doubt be led into sins common to them under trying circumstances. When the ungodly are overwhelmed by bad news, they rebel against God, complaining and believing he has dealt too harshly with them. Will you fall into that same sin? Will you do as they do and provoke the Lord to anger? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Additionally, the unconverted often run to the wrong things in order to escape their difficulties. Oh, don't we know it. And you will be sure to do the same if you allow your mind to yield to the current pressures. Trust in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Your wisest course is to do as Moses did at the Red Sea. Mm. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Yes. 
If you give in to fear when you hear bad news, you will be unable to face the trial with the calm composure that strengthens you for service and that sustains you during adversity. How can you glorify God if you act like a coward? How, how do you glorify God if you act like a coward? Exactly. Many saints <laughs> have often sung God's highest praises amid the fires of adversity. But do you believe your doubting and despondency as though you had no one to help you? Will, as you had no one to help you will bring glory to the most high God. Let me see that. Let me see if I can figure that how he wanted me to say that one more time. Many saints have often sung God's highest praises amid the fires of adversity. But do you believe your doubting and despondency as though you had no one to help you will bring glory to the most high God? Right. Then have courage. And while relying in waver, unwavering. unwavering confidence on the faithfulness of your covenant God, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow. I love this. So Me too. I had this call today from a lady who had a really just horrific experience in a surgery where she was being operated on and she thought she was getting some heart procedure and they ended up paralyzing her because they cut a nerve. It was a very traumatic thing. And so when she first called me and she's out in the boondocks somewhere, mm -hmm. when she first called me about it, there's some kind of controversy about the people that were uh, treating her. And while she was knocked out, they basically threw her like a bag of flour on the bed and all these things that she has vague recollections of because she was coming out of deep anesthesia, mm -hmm. you know? And so we talked about it and I said, well, based on what you're describing, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds like you would have a case of malpractice. And at the time she was like, oh, I, I don't want to do anything for money. I'm not I'm motivated by the money. I just want to prevent these people from doing this to somebody else. And I was like, well, God knows your heart, pursue it, see what happens. So she's called me six months later, frantic, like, uh, like this, th like this uh, scripture saying, like, just, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so stressed out. I'm not better yet, but I know the Lord's going to heal me. I don't know what's going to happen. The lawyer, blah, 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 on and on and on. And I said, listen, my dear friend, you pursued this for the righteous reasons. We cannot, as believers, be attached to the results. We walk in what the Lord is guiding us to. We want to be obedient to what he's telling us to do, but we can't be attached to the results. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord put on my heart this example. I said, I said, think of it this way. You're worried about winning and thinking that that's the way that God's going to do justice or bring victory. I said, how do you know that the person on the other end of this lawsuit is not on his knees crying, saying, Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise to follow you. And I said, so you can't, right? You yeah. can't be attached to the result because you don't know what the Lord is working and you don't know what he's doing. We pray for your healing and your supernatural uh, healing and recovery, but don't worry about the outcome of the legal issue. You said you didn't do it for the money. So, you know what I mean? Leave that outcome to the Lord. Do not fear. Walk in the ways of the Lord and let him do the rest. Wow. And that's, I, I think that's something that helps us to eliminate the fear. If you're not attached to results, then what are you really afraid of? If you're not worried about your physical body, because to live as Christ, to die is gain, great. We get to spend an eternity with Jesus. And you don't, and you're not looking for a reward for your obedience, then what is there a fear? Whatever happens is meant to be. You suit up and show up, but mm -hmm. you're not so attached to the everyday consequences of everything. That's what leads to stress and fear and worry and anxiety. Right. Absolutely. That's what I got. <laughs> for what it's worth. Who's oh, sorry. Us? No, it's my beeping thing. Is oh. it? <laughs> Somebody's calling us. My daughter. Come um, downstairs. Right. <laughs> my daughter calls me a lot, folks. I'm in the middle of Bible study, she calls. So I don't know what they're doing in school these days, but she finds a lot of time to call. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's so many things running through my head. I'm just wondering which one is the most apropos. Is that a correct way of using that word? Yes. <laughs> Apropos. Yeah, I heard it used once in a movie, probably. I love it. I love that word. <laughs> but um, it's this one. This is a, this 
has always been a part of my ethos, my ethos, even before being a Christian. It must be from being Catholic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because I, I, I've always known, I, maybe also being the youngest, because my oldest brother used to always try to scare me. But I, 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 I taught myself not to get scared because then I would not be able to respond appropriately, whether it is to punch him in the face or hide for cover or whatever it was, look, look for a weapon. Um, but I, it's just this always been this thing, which, which who, who knew I'd become a cop where it became almost uh, a necessary, necessity. A necessity. Yeah. Uh, but not everybody possesses. No. And it's so, it would shock me as I would become a trainer of police officers for uh, tactics, um, deployments and uh, for SWAT teams and, and canines and, and active shooter uh, scenarios that I would create and that kind of stuff that I would see officers fall apart in training. And you know, it and was would, one of my top requirements for a husband too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But I would see just, just officers just totally become unhinged and I remember a cop saying, and they would freeze. And they go, I, I don't know what to do. I go, dude, this is training. But I'm <laughs> it trying isn't to make- going to actually explode. <laughs> You're not going to get shot right now. Can't imagine. Afterwards, I would say, listen, you got to get a handle on this. Um, but uh, my kids, like, like I said, their, their goal has always, all of them have been to try to scare me. And uh, so far, it hasn't happened. They'll hide in the dark. They'll try all kinds of stuff. But I, I just find it, it has just been so important in so many aspects of my life. And it, it even upsets people it, when I was uh, in my business that all kinds of stuff would just would go wrong, which happens in business from time. I mean, and sometimes it's like 10 things go wrong. Um, but they would go, why are you not upset why are you not anxious why are you like why aren't you worried i said because that's a little bit annoying sometimes (laughs) i gotta say for the most part it was one of my top criteria with the lord about what i wanted in a man but it is slightly annoying how resilient to anxiety he is (laughs) but bring this to a point where it, it it just is so important because how is it in a moment where you, that's where you need to make a sound decision that if you are scared, frightened, um, frozen, that you won't be able to make that good sound decision. And I always tell people, it doesn't have to be right. Even, even with the calmness that I have, I've, I know that it's possible. I doubt it, but I think it's possible that okay, I made a, I mean, a bad decision. Know. <laughs> uh, you know, rarely. But this is what I would tell these guys. I said, and they go, I don't know what to do. I said, I don't care that you don't know what to do. I just want you to do something. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But you have to die doing something. You can't die on, on your knees with your hands over your head. <laughs> At least I being active in, in your demise. Right. Um, and um, so that's the Christian walk. Because more often than not, it, it'll, it, it, it'll, it, it'll help you survive. It'll help you uh, get through whatever situation you are in. Just like the verse, stand your ground like Musa did at the Red Sea. Yeah, so I love this part of the Bible. It, it, it just helps me. It supports <laughs> my uh, mantra that I've had for all these years. So I, I think it, it really is one of the wisest things uh, for me that comes out of the Bible is that, and that's why I think I love the, the name of our devotional so much is Living Fearless, is that that is, that is really something that I think is so darn important that life will hit you in the face. I mean, every day something will hit you in the face, but it doesn't have to be devastating. It just has to be like, okay, how do I deal with this? What's next? Yeah, I was uh, talk, talking to a friend of mine, and she was explaining how for her husband's going through um, a job crisis, and it's making him unravel. And she says that, you know, it's causing a significant conflict in our marriage. And I said, well, if, you know, if if you want my advice, this is the time when you need to be loving and patient because you know, for him, it's unraveling. You can't both unravel at the same time, you know? And so it's so important, even in a, in a husband and wife situation is that only one person can unravel at a time, you know? And so like when you, when you see, and you're really good at this and I try, I try my best to do it as well when, when I can tell, because often you mask it. So it's very hard to tell when you're stressed out. But you can tell when I'm stressed out and you are really awesome at comforting me and just turning down the temperature 
because it's, it's basically because as a couple, oftentimes it's the secondary consequences of the fear that rises in somebody that causes the most strife. Mm-hmm. Because a person that's just anxious about something, it could dissipate with kindness and gentleness. But if you just respond like, why are you acting like that? Then it's just like, <laughs> you know, and, and she and after I was telling her that and I was explaining it in my own life, she was like, oh, my God, you're so right. She's like, I've just let it cause conflict for us. You know, I know what he's going through and I shouldn't let it, I shouldn't let it uh, affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important even in relationships, I think, to be right. conscious of that. You know, this is a, an important lesson. I just saw Robert on, he, he <laughs> made a comment and that is um, it obviously almost everything leads to a dog uh, uh, comparison. No dog. What do I use? A dog analogy. Analogy. Thank you. Oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, I, I got food coma. Um, had a great rack of lamb where I was. It was amazing. Lamb shank. A lamb shank. That too. <laughs> see, see, I got food coma. Um, but because I dealt my my primary business, I think that the thing that made the business of dog our dog training facility a little bit more successful than most is that we dealt with all the dogs that nobody could deal with. Yes, and. Uh, and especially when it comes to dogs who are aggressive, um, that was the oh, key that's to success. Like me. Yes, because <laughs> the dog would come out and like. Is, that, and is the, that is that what you're making the analogy to? No, not at all. <laughs> the people said I could never be married. I, <laughs> yes, you know what? Now that you say that, that actually might be <laughs> because a dog would come at me like, and they're they're so. And what happens is dogs are so used to people being fearful yeah. or reacting. And sometimes I see canine handlers that a dog would go up to lick them and they, they go like that. And I go, oh, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Because the dogs we select have a higher level of confidence and aggression that we create sometimes. And sometimes they have it when they come. Sometimes we create aggression. But if you are, if you show any fear or you're weak around a dog like that, he'll take you out. And um, because he doesn't like being led by a, a weak person. So uh, just in turning into the human sense, that's the same thing. I think as, as men, I, I did call this, uh, what did I call it? I called it something man. I forgot the name. <laughs> I don't have it on here anymore. Uh, oh, a righteous man. Um, being, it, being have the righteous man aspect to it is that if we are to be righteous husbands and uh, fathers, is that we need to show strength. But and not just strength, but patience too. Patience. Which also comes, I mean, again, it's the same thing with the dog. You got to have the patience to get through that portion to get to wait. You have to wait until they bring, they, they, the dog actually has to bring the temperature down. You can't talk a dog through this thing. Just like an anxious spouse. Yes. You can't make them come down. You just bring the temperature down by just not reacting crazy. The words are out of my mouth. That's where I was going. Exactly. Um, No one's ever known how to deal with me. Tell Andy. Because <laughs> it is so easy. And it, 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 it will to kids too, that you, they, they come at you with anger. If you take away their phone or what have you. And the easy thing for most parents, not most, a lot of parents, some parents, I'm not sure how to use this is that they go, yeah, you sit down right now. And they, and they get angry. Yeah. And then it's- and yell and scream. And then, then they're going to go, ah, or they're going to cry or they're going to whimper. And then it's about your behavior. It's no longer yes. about theirs. Then they turn around like, you're so mean and so angry. And you're like, wait a minute. How did you get, how did you turn this around on me? Because I did not display. And like what Spurgeon says is, how are they going to want to be like you if you can't keep it together? Right. How is that a witness of you walking with Christ if you lose it every time something goes wrong? Yeah. Wow. So important. Yeah. So what does Robert mean here? I'm not looking for rewards. I just want to get it fixed and let them fix their mistakes. Is he being a little bit facetious? I'm not looking for rewards. I just want to get fixed and let them fix their mistakes. Yeah, see, sometimes that's not the outcome that God's looking for. Sometimes he's looking to purify and refine us by the trial. And he's looking to offer grace, as Virgin mm. also says, mm-hmm. and giving grace to the other person. Because sometimes, and again, that's another thing in the spouse. It's when you receive grace from your spouse, when you're anxious or upset, that's just like water on a fire. You know, you're like, oh, okay. 
thank you for that. I can calm down now instead of escalating it by throwing gasoline on it. And that's how we show the world that we're a representation of, of Christ is by offering grace. Mm. Such good stuff here. Love this discussion. Hi, Iris. Hi, Iris. Nice to see you. What a beautiful name Iris is. It nice. is. I like that. All right, let's get to some of the scripture. Maybe we'll have um, some more thoughts as we go through Exodus 14, 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Will the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Ooh, so good. Psalm. This is the whole thing from the beginning scripture. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Mm. Gosh, that's such good stuff. I need to remember that. Psalm 112, 6, 7. Okay. First uh, Peter. First Peter 1, 3. Praise be to God, to the good. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's our new life. That it's supposed to look different than our old one. <laughs> you know, what's funny is um, just to, to go back to the, the chosen, um, that th this isn't the same scripture that they're, that they, uh, are they have the scene where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus mm -hmm. and Nicodemus goes, let me understand. You I go be, back and now you're not saying I go back inside the, um, but, but I, I just love that whole discussion. Yes. And imagine hearing that for the first time. I mean, we've heard, we've heard it over and over and over again. So it's just become, we understand it completely, but being Nicodemus, who is this, uh, must be born the, again is, uh, you know, the leader of the, the Jews in Rome and, uh, hearing this from, now he realizes that he is the Messiah. Yes. And going, wait a minute, Jesus, I want to understand you. Just, I just have the chills. Aww. Just thinking, you mean we got to go back? No, surely you don't mean we're back. <laughs> but uh, being born again is an amazing. It, it could not be put any other way. Yep. Oh, sorry. I went back to the same one, right? Yeah. Uh, Philippians 319. Because you won't let me control the remote. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. He's talking about those who do not have a new life. Mm -hmm. Two Kings 17, 11 had every high place. They burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that aroused the Lord's anger. Mm. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Very famous scripture. So important, the beginning, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. That's kind of what I was telling my friend today. God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours. We cannot understand them a lot of the times. Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. John 14, 27, peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. So Rob is telling us, no, he has major health problems with his hip fracture. Oh. So very um, sorry to hear that, Robert. And uh, we have to pray for Robert. Absolutely. Um, Want to go do it now or towards the end? We can do it at the end. Okay. So hang around, Robert. Yeah, don't go anywhere, Rob. <laughs> now we're going to force you to stay on. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about this. Um, Uh, hold on. Which one is it? <laughs> oh, there you go. So the Proverbs 3, 5, which you had mentioned, reminded your discussion with your friend. Uh, but I was also thinking, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Would it also be right to say lean not on your own feelings? Yes, that's what it means by understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think that's the probably the most important thing that, God brought me with our relationship that didn't have to necessarily do with you. It had more to do with me. 
Mm. That one of the things throughout my life that I've struggled with was with people that I cared about or loved is that if, if anything ever gets to me, it's, it's, um, uh, people you love my feelings being hurt, mm. uh, or, um, feeling, uh, disrespected that I could have somebody call me any name in the world and say, whatever it doesn't, I could care less. But when somebody like you or my kids say something, I, I can get really offended fast. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's different than, you know, a situation that is causes stress. I, I have no problem with that. Cause again, it's not emotional for me. Yes. It's like, Oh, I want to see how I can react and how I can make this work. I kind of get excited when mm-hmm. things are falling apart. <laughs> but the, 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 the one thing that I, I can say that I've struggled with probably all my life until, um, until Jesus came to me was that thing that I've talked about with several times with people. Uh, and that is uh, you don't always have to win. It, it's not about winning an argument. It's not about being right. It's about, you know, how does the other person feel? What is it that you can do to, um, create a situation that you can recover from and learn from. So beautiful. But I think that's a, a great, you are doing a spectacular <laughs> job because you uh, seriously, you've changed a lot because you used to get easily triggered and now wow. you are um, far, far less. So, and I got to admit though, I, I do help by saying, Listen, I love you. This is not about how much I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm just annoyed at blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and all, it's all. Is just making sure that the, the, the complaint or the frustration is in context. Mm-hmm. It's not relationship threatening. It is not a comment on who you are as a human being and, or how much I love you. It's just this thing X is annoying me, you know? Um, I listened to this sermon and I'm still actually meditating on it. And I, we haven't listened to it together because I'd be curious what you would say where I was listening to this pastor who was doing a very large Christian marriage conference. And so he took scripture about, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And that, uh, it's important for couples to express when they're angry and not go to bed angry and letting it fester. So he says, the trick is learning to express yourself effectively without um, allowing it to escalate into something. He, he took that scripture of don't let the sun go down on your anger and um, having disagreements in a proper method is healthy for a marriage. And so I was kind of, I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, his advice is, and I have to remember the other scripture that he was pointing to, uh, but that one just stuck out at me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a, there's a balance to be struck there because sometimes, like we've learned in our life group, you're not supposed to necessarily express everything you're feeling because some of it's just, it's all about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you just need to resolve it with yourself. But other things that are... Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So other things that may be just an annoyance or something that you're struggling with as a couple saying like, hey, I just I, I really wish you would make the bed in the morning. You know what I mean? What, that you just don't do anything about. And then you just and it just festers. Mm-hmm. Instead, his his argument was it's better to discuss it, have it out, get it over with. So you're not going to bed angry and allowing it to continue. And he was explaining that in his house. Nobody ever talked about anything. And he says that it was a very unhealthy way to ever, <laughs> you know what I mean? To ever resolve conflict. And he says, but his wife's family was the opposite. They were yellers. And he says, so when they got in the relationship to him, it was always, rah, rah, rah. and he was just like, oh, you're annoying the, the be- Jesus be- out of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so they had to come to a meeting place where it was just like, she was allowed to complain and he was allowed to hear her and be like, okay, so let me see what I can do in this situation. How do I hear her without um, tuning out or escalating it? How, what is the best way to resolve this issue? Do you think, did he mention if he was able to get the, the yelling to Oh yeah, reduced? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, he said they thought they were moving towards divorce in the first two years of the marriage. Mm-hmm. 
because she would yell and he would say, are you done? So he would never address what she was talking about. He would just get frustrated and then right. either walk out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just always like, yes. no, exactly. yeah, it was just his, his response was always geared to her behavior. Mm -hmm. He never addressed the underlying issue. So he was basically expressing, I don't like the way you communicate. And that was the, uh, the extent of their discussion. They never got to the substantive issues. Yeah. And so she went away dissatisfied and he went away upset that she's yelling. So he said, you know, it took five years of marriage to finally and counseling for him to figure out, ah, okay, if I actually hear her and understand what she's doing and address those issues, I could de-escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a very long explanation. No, but I think that was really good. An important one. Uh, I was just thinking about when I grew up, growing up in my, in my house as a kid, we just never talked about anything. Yeah, that's it, what it, he it said. Was, it was only on Christmas when people would have too many drinks and then it would all come out. Well, and he said that was extremely unhealthy, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he said that it, he grew up the same way and he thus found it to be extremely unhealthy. And he said it was also the kind of house that nobody expressed love either. Yeah. Nobody said, I love you. Exactly. No big hugs. He said it was just basically blank. Is that my brother talking? You become a pastor? <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> no, I know for sure. I think. Um, yeah. Wow. So on point. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, hey, Kate. Oops. Kate, oh. nice to see you. Hi, Kate. And then Iris says, Thank you for sharing this. Oh, thank you. I was, I thought I was droning on. Uh, my husband and I struggled with these same issues early in our Christian walk, but the Lord's grace towards us helped us to be on the same page. Oh, that's wonderful. And me and Andy too, he's, he's realizing that I'm, uh, I can be excitable at times. I get frustrated and uh, just the dramatic changes of my life circumstances uh, makes me a bit, a bit batty sometimes. And so I, I tell him, I'm like, it's this, 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 and this. And he's like, okay. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I hear you. I got it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but he used to get really annoyed with me. Like he was, he used to get very offended, but he's amazing now. He's just kind of like, okay, I hear you. You're having one of your little moments here. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is, uh, hey, Lisa, nice to see you, uh, is the... I mean, always in every relationship, you you often find out later after you're done with your um, infatuation with each other and, you know, love for each other. <laughs> then it comes into the settlement, into a relationship a rhythm. and then living together. You at your age had never lived with anybody. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Other than a nanny and a baby. <laughs> and then, so the nanny was a worker who was taking care of the baby <laughs> who was taking care of the baby and me and me so it, it really took uh, just to kind of talk a little bit about it and that is that it just took me because I grew up not like that I, I've, I've always done everything I've, I've told everybody I've worked since I was like I think eight years old as long as I can remember I've been working um, and you've had roommates I've never uh, even had a roommate yeah <laughs> I, I, I would tell the kids, like, in junior high, I was already working during the day, playing some sports after school, and then riding my bike to my job, and then I would get home at 10 o'clock in junior high. And it never changed. It, whether I was playing football or track, I always had a job after after work, after school, after sports, um, and get home late at night. Whether I was riding the RTD bus or riding my skateboard or my bicycle, I'd always have to get to work. Um, and so I just don't know any different of these things. And so when you tell me about what your life was like and what it is that you, what the difference is, it, it's, we were so different in, in that aspect. So what is important, uh, thanks uh, Iris for saying about that you have these similar things where you and your husband struggled in the beginning is that struggle for, I think us is kind of finding that place where we can um, understand the differences right, and work within those differences. Right. They actually, they actually become strengths as opposed to opposing forces that can uh, collide. And not to make it personal. Yes. Which is, oh, you're crazy or you're wrong. Because it, it really, I mean, in some circumstances, one of us could be wrong, but in most circumstances, just it's just different. Yes. 
you know, and so it's getting used to finding a common ground and finding a place where both of us can live at peace. Yeah. With the change. Yeah. And just being patient. Uh, patience being is, patient. Uh, is a huge uh, part. And having self-control. Mm. Kate says. Did they use bejesus over there? I was thinking, I was like, he said it, and then I repeated it, and I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to use God's name in vain. So Because then when you don't want to say the C word, and you don't want to say any of the other bad words, so you're just kind of struggling for the word there. But That's a word my mom used on a daily basis. Something about the bejesus out of me, or yeah, you frustrate the bejesus out of me. Or... <laughs> Uh, those pop out now. Uh, they didn't pop out when I was younger, but suddenly when you get older, the, the words that your parents used uh, come out of your mouth. You go, oh yes. my gosh. And it comes out like, like it suddenly and you go, it's an like, Irish curse. Oh. Oh no. Whoops. <laughs> Take it away. Take it back. Uh, opposites attract. What do you think yes. of that statement? <laughs> <laughs> when, one of my mentors used to say to me, uh opposites attract only in magnets <laughs> and she said lions belong with lions and sheep belong with sheep so we are me and anthony have just different upbringings Ooh. uh, uh andy. <laughs> Wait, you and anthony you never told me about this guy thank god i said a name with nobody that exists <laughs> thank god Oh Man. no, I usually refer to me as Mark Antony. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so me and Andy are actually quite similar. We just have different upbringings. Yes. And so we are two lions for sure. And so it's, and, and, and I actually think that's where part of the respect comes from mm. is because we, we know both of us and, and when we first used to fight and he used to raise his voice, I was like, you know, you really don't want to go there with me because I could escalate this to the nth degree. And so I just, I, the Lord was very, very, would talk to me quite often. Like in those situations at the beginning, I was the one that needed to deescalate because I, I have a tendency to be a fighter and he for sure does. And I was like, oh, this is never going to go. And if we both start to fight, this is never going to go anywhere good. And so it was, it's, it's a strength. The Lord brings lions and lions together because together they could be quite powerful if they don't eat each other. So the only animals that eat their own lions. Yes. yes that's very, very true. But I'll never forget that. That's what Jolene used to say to me. And she said, and when she met you, she's like, ah, you finally met a lion. <laughs> And I think that's part of what makes it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was untamable. <laughs> and now I'm just a gazelle. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Um, you know, just to, to give you a, a little bit of my perspective is that understanding that aspect of us being both the alliance is that what really helped again of course god god god's yeah, truth as god's, an intermediary the the the, uh, the gospel the restraint of the holy spirit well then you bring in the gospel that says what the man's role is and what the woman's role is and even with you being a lion and but it, it, i think it's your faithfulness to god that made you understand where we needed to be Absolutely. in this relationship. That without that, it I'm not sure you would have made that decision. No. <laughs> True. <laughs> and even though it may not be a hundred percent, it is it is enough. Well, it's not a hundred percent. Like you you being sub submissive or submitting to the man. Because there's things that you don't want to submit to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I know. And, but I accept that because if we, uh, you know, if we were going to survive, you know, even, I mean, if you, you ever watch uh, the, uh, what is it called? The, uh, 
It was called the Wild Kingdom, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. It was, on, uh, it was right before the Disney, when Disney was not woke. But the Disney, Disney was on, but they also had the Wild Kingdom before that. And they would uh, every so often show the lions interacting. And every so often, the female lion would go out after the male lion. <laughs> and he would go, okay, okay. So even on occasion in the wild, the female lion. Uh, that's one of the things I would tell people about dogs. If it, it, you think you have this tough male dog that's like a, an alpha dominant dog, and then they would see this female dog that would bark, and the male would go, oh. <laughs> the reason God did that is because if he didn't, the male dog would be on top of the female all the time. So at some point, the, the female has to have a little bit of power. Yeah. That's happy a- wife, happy life. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. So not opposites. No, not so yeah. much. Just like opposite upbringings, but personality yeah. not. But there are some good things that are opposite. The, the fact that he never gets stressed out, mm. we're very much opposite. He's much more a spontaneous person. I'm a planner. But yeah. I think those qualities we're learning to balance really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when did I tell you we had date night today? Yesterday. Oh, okay. I gave, I gave you a little heads up on yeah, that one. Yeah, you did. You do. I've learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a day ahead of time is, <laughs> is way better than what it used to be. Yes. Hey, get, get pack your bags. We're going to San Francisco. <laughs> Where are we staying? I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. What? <laughs> cutest couple of words uh, well, no, that's you. funny um the lion and the, the lamb, lamb will lie, lie down. down together no Ooh. no lambs here <laughs> yes but in in heaven with yeah. with jesus maybe yes god is so wise he is absolutely it is amazing what happens and i again i need to say this to anybody that may be listening for the first time is that you oh man it got moved. I'm sorry. It's way over there. The Bible's over there. But the Bible, if I were holding it in my hands, is an amazing manual for life, business, uh, parenting, um, uh, relationship building. It, it is the manual for everything. If you follow what the Bible says, it, you can't you can't go wrong. Yes. It is. It is so amazing that 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 may have been. It is the thing that was missing from any relationship I had before this one is that the Bible is, um, is amazing. And it always seems to be, when you open it up, it's the page that he wants you to read for that particular moment in time. Amen. Um, we've been particularly reading um, Song of Songs. <laughs> I thought that was our little secret. Oh my gosh, today's was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you guys are lucky that we're on right now. Uh, to hell, hilarious, it's hilarious. Yes, Did you see what you said. What the meaning was for by Jesus, word origin, alteration of by Jesus. What does that mean? I don't know. I was hoping you would be able to tell me what's by Jesus. C20, it's an alteration of by Jesus. So, is it a good thing then, <laughs> or is it an Irish curse? <laughs> what is C20? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we may have to look that up ourselves. Uh, let's see, what are they? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, on. she's, oh, Chris, go back up here. Okay. Uh, Kate is painting a lion at the moment. Oh, how funny. And Lisa's talking about God being omnipresent yes. is the trick. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Every second of every moment of every day. For sure. And Iris says, if we let him, God will give you the perfect spouse. He doesn't promise it will be perfect. Right. Uh, Amen. Amen. And I tell you, in my deepest, darkest moments in fear that I wasn't going to make it because I can't tell you how many people spoke over me since I was a little girl that I would never be able to be in a marriage. Uh, God reminds me that he chose Andy. And and we know that to be a fact It mm-hmm. is. He chose him and we were perfectly fashioned for one another. And that does not mean it's going to be easy, but that means we never give up. And uh, God's made that very clear to me that this is a blood oath. This is a blood covenant. (laughs) (laughs) And there's something comforting about that, folks. There's really something comforting about a death to you part, like really having the sense of death to you part. Because it takes away 
for me at least, the anxiety of or insecurity or the mind wandering into, but wait, what if this doesn't work? The mm. there's a certain comfort in being like, no, this is going to work. No, you you provide a different sort of energy and motivation. It's just like saying, it's just like our relationship with Jesus. You don't think about we don't God willing ever think about, Oh, well, I don't think I want to do this Jesus thing anymore. You know um, it's not an option. Yep. Retreat, defeat, leaving is not an option. Yep. Well, if we treat our marriages like that, it gives us a whole new way of, of building resilience. I think. And I think some people unfortunately go into a marriage thinking that they could always get a divorce. Right. In the back of your mind, it's there, right? Yep. And uh, I love that. I have a book. Uh, that's entitled there's there's no plan b for your plan a yes that there there it's just it and that if you if you go into a marriage that this is it um you you're not looking for you know that plan b right so perfect and there's something really awesome about eliminating the plan b because i always had a plan b i had a plan b through f yeah (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> I had contingency plans for the contingency plans. <laughs> and so eliminating that eliminates so much of the enemy's whispering too, you know, because every problem you come across is like, okay, what, how are we going to solve this? None of it's life-threatening and it gives you a whole different perspective on how to negotiate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just, I, I, now I have to get this book. Okay, Andy's going to go find his book. So I'm going to okay. read some of these other ones. Oh, Iris, that's so beautiful. She said, my, my husband and I had a death covenant. Uh, that's beautiful. Oh, Kate's back to the bejesus. In other words, the saying <laughs> broken down means I will beat the Jesus out of you. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now we learned something new, lovey. Right. Blessed meaning you two accept the blessing being fashioned together. And I don't know if many people can say that. I think that's awesome. Thank you. I mean, you know, it's about time. I'm 50 years old when we got married. So what? <laughs> at 40, sorry. Oh. We were married for 36 years when my husband passed and it was a wild ride. Oh, I love that. I don't know if wow, me and Andy are going to ever live to being together for 36 years. I will, I will live. <laughs> and we won't, but we won't be together mm-hmm. for 36 years if I'm not around too. Oh, I have um, a, a lock of your hair laying next to me for the rest of my life. You will never leave me. Uh, so here's the book. It, I, actually, I want to bring it up because um, it, it's called There's No Plan B for Your Plan A Game. Uh, and Bo Eason is the Is this author. one of your self-help guys? Uh, and it's a friend of mine. And I, I can't tell not necessarily a friend. It's a guy I, I met and knew. He uh, also he played um, for the Denver Broncos, I think it was. I'm yeah. not sure if I could find it that fast. Um, but as a kid, he was small and nobody ever thought that he would play football. And, um, he had heard somewhere that you have to throw the ball like, uh, a hundred times a day and catch it. Um, and, and, and I'm kind of paraphrasing the story, but eventually he would, he would just stick with his plan. A. he was going to play professional football, even though he was the smallest, he wasn't the fastest. And he wasn't the strongest. It's kind of like that guy that made they made the movie about. Probably. Oh yeah, uh, Rudy. Rudy. But that was for college. He went to the pros. He was a walk-on. Oh, that guy didn't go to the pros. Yeah. No. The no. one that had the movie. No, he played for Notre Dame. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he, he then but it, and that alone is a good story, a great story. If you hear him tell the story, because what he would do after football is that he put together a one-man play where he was the only actor in this play, obviously a one-man play. <laughs> Sorry. And he um, he acts out the whole play. It, it, and it's amazing. He, he's done it a couple of times. If there's anybody that watches that knows, because uh, he's a guy that would often speak at the things in San Diego that I would go to in regard okay. to marketing. But he would teach people how to, then after doing the play, then he became a, uh, a guru on teaching people how to speak on stage. And, I'm lost and, and being a play, but no, but he's always had, again, he, uh, everything that he would do, he, he did it or everything he wanted to do, he would do. Okay. Uh, and it's a great book to follow because he talks about his life and how that is an important thing to not give up. But to be fair, I'm yeah. talking about it as a covenant. In other mm-hmm. words, that my motivation is not because 
I want to succeed. Mm. My motivation is because I gave a blood covenant to the Lord that no man should separate what God has joined together. I mean, that's a commandment of the Lord. So because mm. I've given, I, I've given my covenant to the Lord, he demands that the covenant to our spouses is, is the same. Right. So it's slightly different for these self-help guys because he's basically like, you have to have that internal drive. You have to have that motivation. <laughs> You're going to be the football yeah, star. That's a, that's a good point. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not internally motivated. It's just like you saying, oh, you out there to meet friends. No, I'm not interested in making friends. I'm interested in doing things for the kingdom, you know? So <laughs> I'm not I'm not on this big kick that I'm going to make this one work. Brother, we'd be in trouble if that was the reason. <laughs> Because I told you, I got a plan B for my plan B, <laughs> plan C and D. But, but not for us. Not for us because it's a covenant. Mm -hmm. I have sworn an oath to my Lord. And it is my, he's first. And under, after that is my husband. And we don't, you know, followers of Christ take blood oaths. We don't break our covenants. Right. So. And then uh, I think, is it important also, do you think that we have to say when we're talking to people like um, like at the men's retreat, not Red's retreat, but the men's event that um, I was talking to a guy and saying how important it is to find a woman who also believes in God, that, they, it, that it's... Who that walks be, with Christ with the same... Right. With the same intensity. That would be a, a very difficult covenant to keep. If the other when person's you, not in the same covenant. The, yeah, you're the only one. That's <laughs> not a covenant. One person's in a contract and the other person's in a covenant. It's, uh, that's not, that doesn't work. And I, that's the simplest. This, this is That's the simplest way to exp explain it is the Western culture. Marriage is a contract. Actually, in Islam, it's a contract too. With God, it's a covenant. It's a blood covenant. It's for life. Hmm. So... Um, we can't treat it as we do contracts. Contracts can be broken. Hmm. I'm glad I brought this book. That was a great explanation. No, it's really good. <laughs> but the book is good, and, and he's a good guy. Just, anyway. Just the same. Yes, just yeah. the same. <laughs> Hi, Gabby. Oh, and Lisa was telling us that oh, uh, she wants that. to show the podcast to her daughter that it may be helpful for them. Ah. That's great. And Debbie's saying Rudy's a great movie. It is. But I'm not talking about Rudy. I'm talking about the one you took me to as a surprise. Oh, you didn't want to tell me. Uh, yes. Um, he went to play pro, didn't uh, he? Rogan? Rojo? Uh, uh, Warner. He played Kurt, War Kurt, Kurt, War Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. And he played pros. Played for the Rams. I told you. I knew he played for the pros. <laughs> I knew I wasn't crazy. Uh, thanks for sharing. That's a good... It's a it's a Christian movie. They're Christian, yes. strong Christians. That's a good one. And Hedy, you have a beautiful smile. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was funny. I hope that wasn't all rambling, folks. But yeah, me, yeah, me too. I don't think it was. No. Okay. No. We have a captive audience because yeah. we're. It's only. It's only us talking. Them. <laughs> 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 So maybe you drop us a line and be like, the next time, folks, cut it short. <laughs> Not like my uh, boat PYL boat show that went an hour and a half. Well, I went and picked up Zara from school, ran around, got some snacks, came back, and you were still on. Oh, I had a lot to say. Don't you love that? You love to get it off. <laughs> get it off your chest. It's really good. It's cathartic for you. And you get it was so, so worked up over these things. It's so important because people, you know, what I'm going to say is oh, not, you're not going to please, please. No, it has to do. No, it has to do with <laughs> with. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to get them started on the school board stuff. <laughs> because people, uh, they're, they're, one woman in particular. I'm just going to go with this one, and okay. she got up in front of the school board uh, at the meeting, and she said, you know. Uh, apparently there's some people that are running and on their social media saying how great it is that we have uh, Christians, uh, conservative Christians running for the school board. And we have two conservative Christians. She goes, but apparently the, you guys don't want anybody else in these schools. And I'm, you want I'm, to turn I'm, into a Christian school. I, I, you want to turn into a Christian school and, and I'm not a fit. And that has never, ever been a suggestion or anything. Our point in bringing it up is that just like our country based on uh, uh, biblical uh, aspects and um, foundation. It, and even, uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin said something that this country must 
always hold the beliefs of God or the foundations of God in order to succeed. And the reason being is that it, the, the, mor- the moral aspects of a Christian faith. And the kindness. The kindness, the love. Generosity, um, the, the compassion. Um, the equality. So it, that everybody it, should want their school leaders to be Christians. Right. Not because they're going to make you Christian, where hopefully that's a, a, a happy consequence, but that's not the goal. It's that they would demonstrate Christian-infused leadership. And then so my point then on the show that kind of got really long is that I was able to show through their speaking how inconsistent and how they lie just to meet the moment of getting elected. That it's about being elected, not holding to a, 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 a principle. That if the principle is educating children so that they can learn how to read, write, count, and think. Not what to think, but how to think. And in doing all they can to do that, as opposed to indoctrinating them with a bunch of other nonsense, which I could go on forever on that. But when they're confronted with it, they change their point of view just to get elected, yet they don't believe in what they're saying. Again, not a Christian-like behavior. Right. And they get caught. And that was my point for bringing up these videos and showing them. You can see through their actions, listen to what they're saying. You listen to what people say, you'll learn a lot about them. And you listen to them. We say that about terrorists. Yes. Believe them. Yes. (sighs) So it's an hour and a half. uh, 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 Rant. Rant. (laughs) No, I was using their speeches and their postings and sharing. This is how you need to do it as an investigator. Yes. I I hope you would appreciate that. I would. That you watch what they're doing. You go, wait a minute. They said this on this day, but they're doing this on this day. Yes. They did this in their history, but yet they're saying they did this. For instance, one just really quick, one school board member. The, the main one that we need to get voted out, uh, it, it, we, she did everything she could to keep the schools closed, to keep the kids masked. She wanted everybody to get a vaccine. And we were there for two years as parents fighting, fight, sorry, fighting to get the schools open, to get the kids unmasked and to fight against that thing. And, and it, it went on and on and on for years. And then now on one of her advertisements to get reelected, she goes, because of my leadership, we were able to be one of the first schools that become that oh, come open. The I go, wait a minute. What? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. How dare you put that on, on your social media, on your election page? Yes. Oh. Okay. Back to the devotion. And then. <laughs> that's it. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. That's it. Friday afternoon entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with that yet. That is for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, and that's why Lisa watches. Uh, so I'm going to tell another story. Are you ready? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, if you're in it's 58 Fuller- minutes, it's 58 minutes. If you're ever in Fullerton, go to a place called The Cellar. It's been around forever in uh, downtown Fullerton. It's kind of expensive. Schnitz. It's a little expensive, but. I, I took you on a date because you've been working hard for my company and she's been doing an amazing job. It's not that easy. No, uh, it's I not. Mean, not, not. Not just because she has to deal with me. No, that, that, nothing to do with you. You're not the <laughs> hard part. Yeah, a little bit. You're a hard part. I got to nudge you a little bit, but but no, there's a lot of moving parts. So I always get it done. You do. Now you get to see how I operated in high school and college. Oh, God. It was like, when's it due? Totally stresses me out. <laughs> But I've learned to deal with it's that never, too. It's never changed. The police academy, same thing. Get a project due. When's it due? In the morning. Oh, but it's nine o'clock at night. I'll get it done. <laughs> and it's occasionally late, but you know that that's okay too, because they usually give you a deadline just too early. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that was for you. I didn't mind it being a little bit expensive. But if you want to take somebody out for a nice dinner, uh, the cellar is an amazing place. I think it's been there for years and the food was great, right? Yes. All right. What are you writing down? The, the things and, that I have to do for Gene's report. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, my friends. Uh, you want to tell about the Edify app before we go? We are members of the Edify Christian Podcast Network, and this broadcast is on their platform, edifi.app. That's edify.app. Go there, subscribe, and that would be awesome. Yes. We appreciate that very much.
Thank you, friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. Uh, we love you. And we're so grateful to have you as part of our devotional podcast family. Yes. Yes. God bless. God bless. <laughs> Bye. 